0: welcome to the talk to your pharmacist podcast we're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care i'm your host hillary blackburn thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry hey listeners in this episode our guest encourages you to do something scary all right so today we have a special guest on the talk to your pharmacist podcast our guest dr sierra richard is a residency trained pediatric and women's clinical pharmacist for an academic medical center In her free time, she creates educational videos that help others learn about the value that pharmacists have and what it looks like to be a practicing clinical pharmacist. Her goal is to help pharmacy workers live their best happy farm life. Sierra, welcome to the Talk to Your
1: Pharmacist podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life.
1: Absolutely. So like you said, I do work as a pediatric and women's health clinical pharmacist, but fun fact, I work overnight. So I do seven on, seven off, 11 hour shifts at night. And I actually cover not just pediatrics and women's health, but I also cover a remote adult hospital as well. And I'm covering patients in three different ERs. So during my work week, it gets a little bit busy, but then I have seven days off. So during that time, I first took this job during COVID-19 so there wasn't a lot of opportunities to travel. So I kind of just stayed home, hung out with my cat, and we made YouTube videos and TikToks and Instagram Reels. And that's kind of how I had already started my channel for YouTube, but I really kicked it up a notch as far as creating content during that time when I had a week off. And I was kind of still quarantined at that time because it was in the summer of 2020 that I took this position. So now I do a little bit more traveling and other fun things on my week off, but that's just kind of how my life and schedule works now.
0: Got it. Awesome. Well, um, I'll share that our intern for the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, uh, Kenley Edwards, who's a student at UT, uh, recommended connecting with you. And so here we are getting to learn a little bit more because, um, yes, I mean, I, everything has really shifted. Of course, we learn a lot while we are in school and the didactic training that we have. But, um, you know, a lot of people really gravitate towards social media, you know, and st- it, they may still be, attra- you know, attracted to shows and things, but you can really stay up to date and build and connect your network. Um, through social media, whether it's LinkedIn or or Instagram, YouTube, um, videos really becoming one of those popular uh, channels. So um, Sierra, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about how to get started on social media as a pharmacist or student pharmacist.
1: So I think the most important thing to get started is just actually getting started. I think that's where a lot of people get hung up is, oh, I need to have the perfect name or I have to have these skills to be able to edit videos. And you don't. I mean, right now you don't have... To need, you don't need any special equipment. You don't need anything super fancy. You just need a phone. And most of us have one of those already. So your phone is capable of doing so much of this work. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You can change. My content has changed significantly over the past, I guess, three and a half or so years that I have been creating content and let me tell you i watched my first youtube video at the three-year mark that i'd been on youtube and i it was very cringy i'm not gonna lie um i didn't know how to edit the video quality was awful like the video was like mostly out of focus the editing quality was poor But I got the video out there, and now my Mm -hmm. video content looks so much better. I still have tons of room to improve, but that's kind of the fun of social media is you get to document your journey or document the things that you love and are passionate about, and you can really take something that's maybe a passion of yours or a hobby and turn it into something that you're actually able to share with the world, which I think is really cool. So as a student, you may not be sure what you can share, but even sharing your journey is going to help students who are pre-pharmacy or maybe you have a hobby outside of pharmacy, school that you really want to tap into and you can share that on social media. So there's a lot of different options, but I have found that through my social media journey, I've created excellent mentors and connected with people just as like you that I would have never connected with otherwise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And gosh, whenever you were talking about getting your first post out there, um, I think that's the scariest part. I remember hitting send to Apple podcasts going, who is going to listen to this or, you know, what am I doing? And I've been, it'll be five years, uh, August of 2022. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, just be brave and, but the most important thing is just to get on social media. Um, and you know, for, you don't have to be creating content at first, just start following and looking at what other people are doing because, um, there are a lot of opportunities and fun things out there. Um, well, let's, let's, why don't you share a little bit more about how you use it for professional growth?
1: Yeah, this has been very interesting because I started my YouTube basically because I saw a lot of content creators out there that were trying to share health and wellness information, but they were not healthcare professionals and there was other healthcare professionals out there, but then they weren't pharmacists. And so I was like, this is an opportunity for pharmacists to be seen because there weren't a lot of pharmacists on YouTube. There were some on Instagram like you. I, th- I was actually following you at the time when I created my YouTube channel and I had and Instagram at the time as well. And so I was looking for other content. And so I started there and really started following people who were in the pharmacy space. And most of them were on Instagram. And now I know that there are several on TikTok and YouTube as well. That has grown over the time that I've been on there. But really starting to connect and seeing what kind of content those people are creating and and that doesn't mean you're going to create content that is even similar to them, but you can see and get an idea of what is out there. You can maybe fill in the gaps of what's not on those platforms, or you could just use it as an opportunity to connect with people who are interested or- or in the same spot that you want to be in in the future. So as a student, I was looking for people who were in pediatrics because that was what I was interested in, or in a clinical pharmacist job who were going through residency, looking for people I could connect with to help me get where I wanted to go. So that's one way, way you can find it for professional growth. But the other way is you would be amazed when you're creating content when kind of opportunities pop up, and who is seeing your content so i actually got to speak at ashp mid-year last year because of the content i was creating online somebody from ashp's educational committee saw one of my videos on Busting medication myths. And then she reached out to me to discuss that topic at mid-year, which is really exciting and awesome opportunity. I've also had opportunities to work and be kind of a content expert or professional expert in discussions online, such as a article for pop sugar fitness. Those were things that were never on my radar when I started going through social media, but those opportunities pop up and they're really awesome and just opportunities to connect with other pharmacists and collaborate that I would have never gotten had I not posted that first really bad video on YouTube.
0: Yeah, exactly. You never know who is watching and who you're inspiring and what opportunities uh, may come from that. Well, uh, Sierra people, people of course are going to be, um, wanting to follow, share where they can follow you on Instagram and, and, uh, your website and YouTube
1: first. So I am on Instagram as at happy farm life, as well as on TikTok and YouTube. I am happy farm life as well. So you can go to youtube.com slash C slash happy farm life and find me on there. My website is also www.happyfarmlife.com. And then if you would like to send an email, I am also happy farm life at gmail.com there. Awesome. And
0: so speaking of happy farm life, what are some of the topics that you feel have most resonated with your audience?
1: That's a really good question. And some of the content that I've created that hit really well, I was kind of shocked on. So I create a lot of honest content about what it's like to be a pharmacy resident. And I feel like that resonates with a lot of people and also just discussing what it feels like to be a clinical pharmacist and what the day-to-day life looks like, because I feel like there's a lot of sugarcoating to what you have to go through to be there. And I'm not talking about it in necessarily just a negative sense, but in a very honest sense that, you know, some days I love being a clinical pharmacist and my job is awesome and I get to help people. And then there's other days working in pediatrics that are really sad, that are really hard. And so I share both sides of that story. And I feel like that really resonates with my audience because it's not not Just, you know, showing the good days because that's what a lot of social media is. It's also showing the hard days, but how I overcome that so I can continue to live that happy farm life. You know, how do you handle patient loss? How do you handle those difficult days in residency, especially at the end of residency? I mean, that's really rough. You're just so tired and you're just trying to push through. So, how can students manage that? So, I've really tried to share and be honest with the whole journey the good, the bad. And just how you can overcome those bad days to make it an overall good week. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of
0: people are struggling with that right now, and um, it's good to have positive content. In uh, social media out there um, to balance some of the negativity. So, Sierra, what's your take on, um, you know, seven on, seven off, working nights?
1: Uh, what's it like? Oh, gosh, that's that's a loaded question. So (laughs) the seven on seven off, I originally was doing pretty well with it, even doing night shift, because I was, you know, getting to do fun stuff on my week off, I had something to look forward to. But I'm approaching the two year mark. And I'm going to be honest, it's been really rough on my body. Um, I've noticed a lot of just changes in my sleep patterns. I mean, when your circadian rhythm is getting flipped on its head every other week, that's definitely difficult and i found that night shift is not for me it's not a forever position i am not a night an- enough of a night owl to do that forever. I know that some people are that way. My counterpart, actually the person who works the other seven days when I'm off at my job, he wants to do it forever. It's perfect for him and his schedule. But for me, um, I'm definitely a person who likes my routine and it's been really hard. And that was a huge challenge for me because when I was a resident, what kept me going was my routine. I would wake up at 4 a.m. I would give a workout in, I would get something for breakfast and then I would head to the hospital and that was just my routine. And then I had a very regimented routine to go to bed you know i would do my skincare routine i would read for 15 20 minutes and then i would get some sleep which is a lot harder to do when your entire schedule flips 12 hours every other week so that's been definitely a struggle for me but I have also seen the benefits. So, as a new practitioner, I came out of residency and took a night job, and I'm the only pharmacist there, and I'm covering um, patients at three different facilities. And you have to gain a lot of confidence and independence very quickly in that position. So, in that way, it's been great because I am a much more confident practitioner in that role, and I really know know my stuff. And the other thing was, um, I get to do all of our clinical tasks overnight. So I'm doing our dosing services, I'm doing level recommendations, I'm answering all the clinical questions. And so I really have gotten to use a lot of those clinical skills that I developed in residency, even though I'm in more of a staffing role, because we do 24 hour clinical services. And when I'm the only one there, that's what I'm doing at night is a lot of those clinical services. So mm-hmm. it's been um, both a challenge and a blessing in so many ways and I've been able to really learn and grow as a clinician. So moving forward into whatever job I find after I'm done doing my night rotation, I know that I am a better pharmacist because of the role that I took.
0: Yes. I love that you shared that. So yeah, it's gonna be hard, but you have your foot in the door. You've you've built experience. I think one of the hardest things is that People expect to get their dream job straight out of school, and it's like, what you what are they looking for? Experience, experience, experience. Go ahead and and you know everybody wants to be in Nashville, right where I am. Um, there are three pharmacy schools here. It's a very saturated market. Um, you know, if you're young and single, and you know you have certain uh, circumstances that will allow it, then taken that chance to like take the night shift or take um a position at a smaller hospital um you know maybe you're still living in your fun city but you're you maybe you're driving um and you're building up that resume and and experience and uh all of that so that you know later on when you are interested in moving up or different positions and you've got that foundation. So that's really good, um, feedback there, Sierra. So, um, as kind of one of our, um, final questions that we love to ask is what's some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I have so many things. I would say that, you know, one of the best things that I did was just go for what you really want, even if it's scary so i applied to residency programs that absolutely scared me the idea of getting them they were just so big and so scary and those were really competitive places and you know i'm not going to get picked and i got picked for one of them and while my residency year was one of the hardest and most challenging things that i went through for a variety of reasons i did residency and graduated in the middle of COVID 19 and i was away from my husband so there was a lot of downsides to that But I am such a better clinician because of that and if I had been scared to apply for that position at that hospital that was so big and I knew was going to be competitive I may not be in the role that I am today and I know for a fact I probably wouldn't be as good of a pharmacist to my patients as I am today because I can go into clinical situations that are very scary and challenging but I can handle and manage them well because of my training so do the things that scare you because you may be surprised what the outcome is. And if you don't get it, at least you tried. You don't have to live with those what ifs I had applied for that or what if I had tried for that job or position in school. You don't have to live with those if you do put yourself out there and try. And people take notice of that as well. So if you don't get that position, maybe something else will come up because you tried in the first place.
0: Hmm. Great advice. Love it. Do something scary. And clearly, you know, a lot of pharmacists were pretty risk averse, right? <laughs> um, but you've already kind of proven uh, that you've, you know, creating content, going for those um you know, challenging uh, residency programs. Uh, you're really setting yourself up for a really exciting career to watch. So I encourage everybody to, to head on over and make sure you're following along with uh, Sierra over at Happy Farm Life. And it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast.
1: I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends, and if you want to be a guest or